community, yes, that's also for you. <laughs> we thank you for the gift he is to this community. We thank you for the gift he is to us today. And so may the spirit of Jesus fill you with his word. Speak boldly, speak courageously. In Jesus' name. Amen. So this is the first time I've actually stood up here. You, you all look different from up here. This is the spot I'm supposed to be over here? Is this where the guns are trained? <laughs> okay, I, I love how God works. I, I, the band today, the worship today was amazing. And I just so appreciate what God is doing. And as I come closer, it says come closer. There it is. It says come closer. That's what God says. God says come closer. God says come closer. So, you know, you prepare, or at least I prepare, to come do things like this because I'm never really good at just going, hey, I have something to share. Um... But God has taken what I have. I think, I think if I count the number of slides that I had, I don't know. What did I have? Let me go down. I had 17 slides. And so Holy Spirit, like, can we just, like, do two slides, do two somethings, you know? I'm like, okay, I can do that. So this is going to be a little bit unrehearsed in a sense. So I just do appreciate Edgar praying that I do the right thing here. And I do want to comment, I appreciate Edgar so much. Can we all appreciate Edgar? I mean, the leader of the house sets the tone for the house. And the Spirit of God is here. And that's because the leader of the house entertains the Lord. And I want to acknowledge that. I want to remember what's going on here. God is in our midst. Amen? So what I wanted to uh, share today is about increase. So I just heard Edgar say that this season is lifting up of the heads. And, uh, Joy, I'm looking at you because you remember all the words of the songs that we just sang. But we were talking about the Holy Spirit coming in and increase, and we want more of God, right? We all want more of God. So what I'm going to ask you to do is look at a couple of verses with me, and I don't know if I'm going to find them fast here or if I'm going to find them fast just on my Bible. So please go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And here's what it says in my Bible. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that you always have all sufficiency in everything so that you may have an abundance for every good deed. 
Now, a lot of times, myself included, I always think about money because we all need money, right? We all need money. <laughs> and I absolutely believe that this verse is talking about having a sufficiency of, of, of finances. I believe that. But it, the Holy Spirit had me also thinking today, you know, so here's a little bit of a story. Uh, I go up to Nyaharuru uh, every week for the month of uh, May and now the month of June. This week will be my last little trip up there. And what I've been doing is I've been training some folks to uh, work on a business curriculum that I, that I wrote with another person. And the other thing that I'm doing is I'm helping them run two businesses that they have up there. It's a, it's a church and a school, and they have students. And so the idea of the business is that the businesses would provide money for the school. You know, those are all good things. As I deal with the people that I'm training, I'm, I'm running into obstacles. I'm running into obstacles. And that's kind of what I want you to know. And there's going to be lots of questions that I want you to write down today because, as you know, Edgar always likes to have us ask questions at the end of service. You know, so I'm giving you the questions now so that you can be ready when we kind of gather at the end. So the first question I want you to write down is, what are some of the obstacles that you are dealing with in life? What are some of the obstacles that you are dealing with in life? And I'll just pause. I'll sing silently to myself for 30 seconds. What are some of the obstacles that you are dealing with right now? And then I bring you back to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And God says that he will make all grace. Do you know what the word grace actually means? Now, I know that we have this kind of phrase where we say mercy is that you don't get... Let me see. Edgar, keep me straight on this one. Mercy is that I don't get what I should have gotten, and grace is that I get what I didn't deserve. I think that's kind of the way we say it. And those are true things. I agree with that. But when you go look up the word grace actually in the Bible, it talks about it being God's empowering presence. So God's empowering presence lives inside of us. God is at work inside of us to will and to do. So then the question becomes, are you giving God space to do that. One of the things that I like to do myself and I ask people that I am sharing with is I, I, I talk about, do you take time to sit down with Holy Spirit and actually have a conversation with Him? 
You actually have a conversation with God or are you like 97.23% of all the Christians who just go, help! Or, dear God, I need money and I need clothes and I need this and I need that. Now I'm going to come down here. I apologize. I don't even know your name, but I'm going to come down anyway. If I'm going to let her be God at the moment. So you're God. And if the only relationship I with, have with her is, please give me, please give me, please give me, please give me, how do you like that? Is that the, is that the relationship that you want? Okay, then why is that the relationship God wants? Silence on that one. Why is that the relationship God wants? Now, God is gracious. God is kind. God does respond to us doing that. Absolutely yes. But isn't there more? Can I tell you? Again, this is crazy. I have no idea why God captured my attention with this one. But in the Old Testament, there's this one line that says, And Enoch walked with God for 365 years, and then he was no more. I'm sorry. That just... 365 years and God thought that they had such a good relationship that before Jesus Christ, he just took him from this dimension into glory. That's the kind of relationship that I want to have with God. That's where I want to be. I want to be so close with God that I smell like him. I want to I walk into the room and you smell heaven. Now, some of the ladies walk into the room and it does often smell like heaven. <laughs> but I want to walk into the room and I want you to smell heaven. That only happens by an increase in the presence of the Holy Spirit. So, my title of this sermon is about increase. God is the one who gives us all sufficiency. He gives us a sufficiency to increase in his presence. And again, I, I do agree, you know, he, God does want us to, to act right. He wants us to do certain things. Absolutely. You know, we, we shouldn't be doing stupid stuff on purpose. But I am reminded on the other hand that there was this guy in the Old Testament who went ahead, stole another man's wife, had sex with her, and then had the husband killed. And God said, this is a man after my own heart. Now, is that going to preach in church? Is, is that what we're telling people to do? No. 
But yet, the point is, is that David, so that was a story, that's King David. King David realized, and he even said, I have sinned against you and you only, God. And then, literally, he got down and he was like, God, do what you will, but... Forgive me. Do not take your presence away from me. I need your presence. We have the opportunity to increase. We have the opportunity to increase. And just to prove it, in case you think I'm making this up, turn over to Ephesians chapter 3. Now, in case you didn't know this, there are two prayers, specifically that are prayers in the book of Ephesians. The first one is in chapter one, about halfway through, and the other one is in chapter three, about halfway through. We're gonna look at both of them. Increase. We're talking about increase. I asked you the question, what are some of the struggles that you're dealing with right now? If I turn that to the other side of that, what do you need God to increase in in your life right now? Maybe you should write that one down. I'll give you a second. Holy Spirit, and again, I, again this is just the way I do it. Holy Spirit, what, what do you want to do in me right now? Now, since I brought that up let me let me give a bigger picture on that one if I was to say how many of you money how many of you would like more money and probably everybody would go yes 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 I want more money but the question then becomes do you know what to do with it do you know how to handle it are you tithing are you giving offerings? Are you having a heart that is rich unto God? Have you proven that you can handle a little bit of money so that God can give you more money? Are you rich unto God? Where, you know, where, where's your heart with money right now? I don't know. Where's your heart? Because again, King David, what did God say? He's a man after my own heart. He did stupid stuff, but he knows how to repent and come back into right relationship with me. Where's your heart? So I like to ask Holy Spirit the question, and I would ask you to write this down. Holy Spirit, what is the thing you want to do in my life right now for me to move to the next level? Holy Spirit, what do you want to do in me right now? Where do you want me to increase? Where do you want me to grow? Where do you want me to have a change of mind? Where do you want me to have a change of heart? Where do you want me to grow right now? Where do you want me to grow right now? So anyway, here's a crazy prayer. This is in Ephesians chapter 3, starting at verse 16. 
Ephesians chapter 3. Look at that, it's up there even. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Ephesians 3, 16. Man, God is so good. God is so good. So Paul starts out, and so I bow my knee. He says, I bow my knee. You know, that's what worship actually means. It actually means for us to bend the knee and acknowledge that I'm not God, somebody else is. That's what it actually means. Bend the knee. But Paul says, I pray that he, God, would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through God's spirit into your inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to understand, comprehend, get it. Now, I don't know about you. We all say we want more of God, but there's a part of us that doesn't even understand that. And that's, we're probably always going to be somewhere at that level as long as we're in this body. But the Bible also says that I'm being transformed. I'm having my mind renewed. God wants me to move from glory to glory. So I know I'm supposed to be in a maturing process all of the time. In fact, I would ask this question of you. Do you, do you, are you doing life with the understanding that you're in school right now? Do you look at every situation that you're encountering and you go, so Holy Spirit, what is it that you would like me to learn in and from this situation? Crazy statement. We all know the Lord's Prayer, right? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm supposed to bring heaven to earth every day. I'm supposed to bring heaven to earth in every situation. Do I even know what heaven looks like in any particular situation? Now, in the beginning, I asked you, what are you dealing with right now? What's the challenge in your life right now? My question to you is, what does heaven look like in and for that situation? In fact, I'll let you write that down. We'll take a second. Holy Spirit, in the things I'm dealing with right now, what does heaven look like? What does heaven look like? What does heaven look like in the situations I'm dealing with right now? Are you having challenges with your children? What does heaven look like right now? Are you having challenges with your spouse? or somebody that you're really close to. What does heaven look like right now? Are you having challenges 
in a job or job relationships or the job environment. What does heaven look like right now? Have you, uh, seriously, have you taken the time to ask that question? Again, we often just go, God help! But you know, he would actually like you to just sit down, shut up, and talk to him about it instead of just yelling for help. We're supposed to have the mind of Christ, aren't we? Okay, well, do you take time to get the mind of Christ? Do you? I mean, actually find out what the situation is here instead of just, as husbands often want to do. Do, you know, and again, that's, I do believe that's why God put us together as husbands and wives so that we can learn all that stuff, you know? Your husband isn't your enemy. Your wife isn't your enemy of Jesus Christ. Do you even believe that? Or do you just believe, oh my God, what did you do to me? So what does heaven look like? What does heaven look like? So I'm continuing in, oh, I'm continuing in Ephesians 3.16 because I got halfway through there. I think I'm probably about verse 18 where it says, I pray that you would be able to comprehend with all of the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge so that, again, one of the craziest statements in the Bible, so that you may be filled up to all of the fullness of God. What does that look like? God wants you to be filled up to all of the fullness of Him. God wants you to be filled up with all of the fullness of Him. I might recommend that you go look up the words full and fullness. I have. But I always have to keep going back because I need to keep reminding myself. Fullness, completeness, having everything that is required, again, in every situation. Do you sometimes feel that you are lacking in situations? Again, I'm going to go back to my little story about Nyaharuru. There are things that I don't know how to do to help the people that I'm teaching. I literally don't know. I'm like, God, you have taken me beyond my capacity and my skill to know what to do. I need you to help me. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to represent you the way you've intended me to represent you. I need more. I need to know what heaven looks like in this situation. It does no good for me to get mad about it. I want to represent heaven in it. God wants me to be filled up to all of the fullness of God. I am going to take you then over uh, back to Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1, again, this is the other prayer. Ephesians 1, and I'm starting at verse 18. 
Again, this is Paul by the Holy Spirit. I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of God's calling for you, what are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe Do you know the power of God that is working inside of you? Are you giving God space to work inside of you? Are you giving God space? I'm going to tell a crazy story. Wasn't part of what I planned, but we'll go for this. I finally had somebody, you know, we've all heard this. Well, I think we've all heard. We've heard this question. Would a loving God let people go to hell? Would a loving God let people go to hell? This is the best explanation I've heard in response to that question. We all have free will. God has given every one of us an opportunity to choose. We all have an opportunity to choose. So now imagine somebody in this life, in this realm, who says, I want nothing to do with God. I'm not interested in God. I don't want God. I don't believe in God. No thank you. Now, as a loving God, would a loving God take you, who keeps saying, I want nothing to do with you, Would a loving God drag you then through the whatever, whatever and bring you into his presence so that you're sitting next to him? I mean, imagine somebody who smells really, really, really bad. And now they come and they drag you to sit right next to them. You're not going to enjoy that experience. Similarly, if you don't like God now, then you're not going to want to spend time and presence with him later. So a loving God lets you live with your choices. A living God lets you live with your choices. So now my question to you is, what are your choices going to be? Are you going to draw close to God so that he will draw close to you? Or are you just going to keep some things for yourself, some areas of your life that you don't want God to touch? Or do you want God to increase in every area of your life? A picture that captured my attention probably about 10 or 12 years ago, somebody said, what are we practicing for? What are we practicing for today? Now think about this. We say we want to go to heaven. We say that we want to spend eternity in God's presence. Am I practicing presence today? Am I, you can write that one down. Am I practicing presence today? What's that look like? Can I do better? Again, if you're in a husband-wife relationship... I'm sure the husband or the wife would say, this is how you could make our relationship better. If you have friends, 
and you wanted really, really good friends, you could probably have a conversation about how can we make our relationship better? How about asking Holy Spirit, how can we make our relationship better? Because he says, I stand at the door and knock, and if you open up the door, I'll come in. So he's knocking. Are you answering? Increase. Is God interested in increasing finances? Absolutely. But I think he's even more interested in an increase in your heart, an increase in presence, an increase in relationship, and an increase in representing heaven on earth through you. I want to be one of the people who turns my world upside down. That's what they said about the first, first, uh, first century church. They turned their world upside down. Is that crazy? They turned their world upside down. So how do I do that? How do I do that? You know, so I told you what. Now we're going to talk about a little bit about how. Because have you ever noticed how when you go to church, sometimes they only tell you what, but they don't help you to think about how. Okay, so these verses I did not give because this is what Holy Spirit talked to me about this morning. So uh, I'll tell you the verse and we'll read it together. Romans 10, Romans 10, verses 8 through 12. I'll read it to you. Romans 10, verses 8 through 12. The word of God is near you. It is in your mouth and it is in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching. That, this is the key right here, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, um, let me back up, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Anybody here disagree with that verse? For those of you who have said yes to Jesus, is that how you got saved? You believed in your heart and you said, yes, Jesus, I accept you. Now, you could have done it a whole bunch of different ways because all of us have, you know, depends on what church you grew up in, now, if I told you my church story, you'd like, oof, you'd feel sorry for me. But all of us essentially believed in our hearts and we said with our mouths, Jesus Christ is Lord. So hold that thought and go to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. Now this is where, I think it starts like in Deuteronomy 28, and God is basically saying, if you disobey me, here's all the bad things that are going to happen to you, and if you obey me, here are all the good things that are going to happen to you. And it concludes after two chapters of you getting beat up by God, going boosh, boosh, boosh. He says, so... I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that 
I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. And, you know, this is kind of like a test question. And this is the teacher at the front of the room saying, and if you're really not sure which one of these you should choose, choose life. I put before you today blessings and cursings. In case you don't know which one I'd like you to choose, choose life. So Romans chapter 10 verse 8 says, if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and if I believe in my heart that he is God, I will be saved. God says, I've put before you a choice, life and death. God wants us to choose life. And then lastly, Proverbs chapter 18. Of course, I always like Proverbs. Proverbs. And if, if anybody wants a, a Bible reading plan, there's 31 Proverbs, and there's usually 39. So Proverbs 18. Death and life are in the power of the... So I was thinking about increase. And so I was just like, so Father God, I thank you that you are increasing me. I thank you that you are causing me to be the head and not the tail. I thank you that you are causing me to turn my world upside down. I thank you that you are increasing me so much that I smell like heaven. I do that. That's, that's my mouth choosing to speak life and not death. I'm not denying stupid stuff is happening. I just want to say what God's word says about it. So now, I'm going to have you all break up into groups of twos and threes. And you're asking the question of, what am I dealing with? What am I struggling with? What do I need to increase in? What do I need to be saying? What words need to be coming out of my mouth so that I am bringing heaven to earth in the situation that I'm in? And if I can ask the band to come up and we'll ask you guys to play low. Okay, you guys know how to break into groups, so break into your small groups. Three and four, we're gonna give you like seven minutes. Again, the first question, what am I struggling with right now? So the first question that you're answering, what am I struggling with right now? What am I struggling with? What do I need God to, where do I need God to show up in my life? That's the first question. What am I struggling with? What am I struggling with? What do I need God to show up in? What am I struggling with? What do I need God to show up in? 
What am I struggling with? What do I need God to show up in right now? Something easy. Please, please, yeah. Something. I love, what was the first song? the situation, the struggle right now. The second one is, Holy Spirit, what is it that I must do with you in this situation? Holy Spirit, what must I do with you in this situation? So that's the second question, and then we'll conclude. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
think of it this way. What is the first and the second commandment? The first commandment is love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And the second is like the first, to love your neighbor as yourself. So, you have to love God first. And you can only love others by first loving God and loving yourself so that you can love others. God wants to deal with all three and he wants to operate in all of us. You know, sometimes 
we think, oh, I would just rather have a relationship with God and forget about people. Because people are sometimes a pain. But I'm going to bless you before we depart. I will ask the prayer team to come up. I don't know if this is official or not, but I'll do it anyway. If the prayer team can come up. I'm going to bless you. And for those of you who need to go, you are free to go. And for those of you who want just to have some extra, God is the God of extra and of increase. So come get some extra. Okay? So, I've been speaking about increase. I believe, and I'm sincere when I say this, I believe that this church, this body of believers is here to turn the entire country of Kenya upside down. I believe that every one of you have had something deposited in you. I don't have it. You're the only one who has it. And if you don't agree with God for it, it's not going to be here to bless this country. We have been put on earth to bring heaven. I'm asking you to really have a conversation with Holy Spirit about what does it look like for you to bring heaven to earth with, through, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. So Father, right now, I bless every one of these people here. I bless these people to have increase. I call for them to have increase in their thinking. I call them to have an increase in opportunities. I thank you that you are causing them to have an increase in favor. I thank you that you are causing them to have an increase in relationships. I thank you for healing, healing, healing in their hearts, their minds, their souls, in every part of their being. I agree with you for your kingdom peace to reign. And I thank you for it, Father, in the name of Jesus. And everybody says, Amen. Amen.